A reading from Psalm 125. These are God's words. A song of ascent. Those who trust in Yahweh are as Mount Zion, which will not be shaken, but will abide forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so Yahweh surrounds his people from now until forever. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest upon the land of the righteous, so that the righteous would not send forth their hand in unrighteousness. Do good, O Yahweh, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in heart. But as for those who turn aside to their crooked ways, Yahweh will lead them away with the workers of iniquity. Peace be upon Israel. These are God's words. You may take your seats. You may have noticed that this is a psalm we have already read as a church. Uh, the week that it was read, I was away due to being sick, and this was quite a while ago. No lesson was given to it then, though, so I thought I would return to it for that reason and for a few others. This week marks one year since the vaccine mandates were introduced into this country. This psalm talks about the scepter of wickedness resting upon a land, so I thought it would be applicable at this time. Those mandates certainly came from a scepter of wickedness. Of all the psalms that we have sung at the men's study that we have each Wednesday, I think this one would have been the one that we have sung the most. During the COVID madness, we sensed the scepter of wickedness ruling over our land, and there was little that we could do about it but sing. This psalm gave us reason to have hope and gave us a God-ordained outlet to ask for change. To ask God, do good to those who are good, that's verse 4, and lead away the workers of iniquity, verse 5. This psalm told us that God would not allow things to always be as they were then. As a church, we will need this message of hope in the future. So I expect that we will return to it often as well. So what is the hope that this psalm presents to us? It is that those who hope in Yahweh will be like Jerusalem, surrounded by God as the mountains surround that city. We, the elect of God, are like Mount Zion. Now what is Zion or Mount Zion? Mount Zion is the highest point in Jerusalem and is often used to speak of the city itself Isaiah 32.20 says of Zion, Behold Zion, the city of our appointed times. Your eyes, talking about the eyes of Israel, will see Jerusalem and abode at ease, a tent which will not be folded, its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its cores ever be torn apart. So Mount Zion is a symbol of strength and a city with the favor of the Lord upon it, a city that has promised protection. To explain an invisible hope, the psalmist uses the visible city of David, a symbol of safety. The symbol would have been very tangible to those who first sung the psalm. Again, this is a psalm of ascent. So as they sung this song heading up to Jerusalem, they would have seen the symbol of strength right before their eyes, and they would have seen the mountains surrounding them as they sung symbolizing God's presence surrounding them. This, as they sung, 
was what, com- what they could compare their safety to. And Jerusalem, the city itself, was impressive in comparison to the other cities at the time. Being on a hill, it was in a great position to defend itself. It was one of the largest cities at the time, and it was surrounded by huge walls. And it was surrounded by mountains, as I I pointed out. In the same way, these mountains that surrounded Jerusalem forever, Yahweh surrounded his people forever. But we must remember that the psalmist was speaking of something greater than the strength of the symbol. In fact, Jerusalem was conquered a number of times. While it was a strong city, it was not an unconquerable city. When describing unseen spiritual realities, we need to make fitting but weak comparisons. While God's protection could be compared to the safety of Jerusalem, it is not really like the safety of Jerusalem. Even strong cities can be leveled. There is a heavenly Mount Zion that perfectly represents the protection that God gives to his saints. And I think that that is ultimately what the symbol in the psalm is speaking about. It's what's in view. That that city is immovable. Hebrews 12.20 says, speaking of present spiritual realities for the church, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels. The true location of Mount Zion is in heaven, and it is far stronger than the earthly one. Notice that with this conception, those who trust in Yahweh are like Jerusalem wherever they are. It follows from the psalm itself. It's those who trust in Yahweh who are like Jerusalem, wherever they are trusting. It indicates the spiritual nature of our protection. Individuals are like strong cities in the midst of natural countries. And they can often be under wicked rule. Jerusalem was a city that knew the scepter of wickedness. It weighed on them a number of times throughout history. It knew war and strife. God did not keep them from trouble, but protected it in its trouble. The promise of the psalm is not that those who trust in Yahweh will not have trouble at all, but that they will have the, uh, but that the scepter of wickedness will not rest upon them. That is key, that word rest. It will not rest on us. As our paraphrase of the psalm says, no wicked ruler for long will remain over the righteous one's chosen domain. So we, like a strong city in the midst of a wicked country, will be given the strength to endure the short time God has allowed or allocated to any wicked ruler. They will remain as long as he allows it. The psalmist gives an interesting reason why he will not allow wicked rulers to remain forever. The reason is in verse three. And I'm sorry, I didn't number the verses on your, on your um, printout there. It's in the middle. It starts with four, or because, the scepter of wickedness shall not rest upon the land of the righteous so that the righteous would not send forth their hands and unrighteousness. That's the reason. God hates it when the righteous, that is the people of God, send forth their hand to do unrighteousness. So he prevents it from happening. He will never give a burden, a sustained burden, that they cannot bear. A burden that would lead them to make shipwreck of their faith. 
Satan is trying to prove that the elect can fall. He was clearly doing this with Job. And in Matthew 24, when Jesus described to his disciples the things that would soon take place leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem, he said that Satan's servants, false Christs, and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. In the same way, Jacinda and her wicked government have been servants of Satan, trying to lead away the elect from serving God. They may not have this goal stated explicitly in their philosophy of labor governance, but she is nevertheless um, applying this kind of pressure upon the church. She is in line with the will of Satan, hoping to lead astray the elect. But God ensures that the elect cannot fall. Through the considerable pressures of the COVID policies, God gave us strength through it all. And of course, it is nothing compared to the pressures that some Christians face in other parts of the world. We were not tortured for Christ or persecuted to the point of death. But nevertheless, who do we credit for our perseverance through the smaller yet significant governmental pressures that we were under? Did God make our strong cities in the midst of the pressure? Or was it our own strength that got us through? God supplies the strength we need to endure even when we are not aware of it. I originally wrote this lesson near the founding of Redwood and things were considerably different in our country back then. As I read my old manuscript, I remembered the feelings I had within me at the time. They were talking about mandating vaccines in the bush through WorkSafe and the farmer I was working for was ticked off that I wasn't vaccinated. My friends and family were losing their jobs and with the natural eye, it seemed as though things were, would only get worse. That was the trajectory we were on. It was a real test for the church, but God provided. And it seems at present, by the will of God, we are on the other side of those particular tests, the tests of lockdowns and most of the mandates. There are still some, but most of them are, are over. God allowed some pressure to be put on his elect, but he always lifts the scepter of wickedness, lest the righteous send forth their hand in unrighteousness. God knows our limits, and he will not give the elect a burden they cannot bear. And if he does not give us, uh, and if he does give us a burden, he gives it for our good. New burdens will come, but God is the same God every time he gives them, providing for his people as their need as their needs come. This is what Calvin said about God removing the scepter of wickedness from his people. And I quote, If therefore we embrace this doctrine, although we may happen to be oppressed by the tyranny of the wicked, we will patiently, uh, we will patiently, uh, we will wait patiently till God either breaks their scepter or shakes it out of their hands. It is a sore temptation, I admit, to see the wicked exercising cruelty in the heritage of the Lord and the faithful lying extended beneath their feet. But as God does not without just reason thus humble his people, they should comfort themselves from the consideration suggested in this text. For the scepter of, the wickedness, of wickedness shall not rest upon the land of the righteous. End quote. 
Notice the psalm makes a transition about halfway through in verse 4. The psalmist articulates his belief that God will protect his people in the first half. Then in the second, he asks God to do what he knows he will do. This is a necessary step in the Christian life. Our faith must respond in prayer with the, to these things. God performs his will by answering the prayers of those who call upon him to act. By answering the request... Uh, by answering the requests that we make in singing these psalms even. So let's sing the psalm again. And with a renewed hope in his promises, ask Yahweh that he would continue to do good to those who are good and to those who are upright in their heart. But as for those who turn aside to their crooked ways, Yahweh, we ask, will he lead them away with the workers of iniquity? Peace be upon Israel, the people of God. Amen. Okay, let's sing together. All like Mount Zion, unmoved shall endure, whose confidence in the Lord is secure. Like his Lord.